Uber Accused of Modern Day Slavery. Let's have a look. Hello everyone, I'm Florian Heiser and welcome to another episode of Heiser Says. I've got my morning stein of coffee and I thought we'd go through this frankly insulting article about Uber being accused of modern day slavery. It was written by uh, Frank Chung from news.com.au and I've got a bit of experience with Uber and I find the idea of equating Uber or Uber Eats in this case to slavery is just atrocious because here in Australia, here in Australia, we actually have examples of modern day slavery. It exists. This is a video I did in April this year. A Queensland couple hid imported servant, alleged servant for eight years. I think they brought in a Tongan woman. A Tongan couple, sorry, working in Australia, imported a live-in worker from Fiji because they felt a servant was missing from their lives, a court has heard, for eight years. Slavery exists in Australia. This is an example, and I will link to this video, and you can, uh, I think I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt for some reason in it. You can have a look at that, and then, then jump back to what people are saying here about Uber and Uber Eats. Now, before we, before we go through this, I'll, I'll share my experience with Uber with you. And what I'll do is I will jump, jump back to the screen. This is my earnings from Uber when I did it. Now, what was it? From end of 2017 to 2018, um, we did a period, or what well, we needed to do Uber. We needed to do Uber. Work slowed down over that period. We had, one of the challenges I, I've had in business is as an architectural practice, we would get, you know, an A grade client, a big client, a big brand name, and we would have to, you know, work hard to service them because we were a small business. We'd have to take on people, we'd have to invest in equipment. And, you know, with the mining boom, you know, we were flat out at one point. When we started, we were working from our, our living room and we moved into the kitchen and this is a rented house. And then we, we brought some, we also had three people living there as well <laughs> and uh, six people working there. So that was just a bit insane. It was insane. Then we went to an office, we went there and you know, it was a bit more sensible. But we the challenge I had, and I think a lot of business people may be able to relate to this, is that we were getting about 80% of our revenue from one source. And I don't just mean one sector, I mean one client. And I would have, to, I'd have the challenging position of maintaining that client, keeping them happy, running the projects, you know, Rachel as well, but also bringing the work in because I, I was worried that that terrified me. And the issue we would have is we'd, we'd hire young people up and we'd train them up and we'd get them skilled and then we'd lose them after a couple of years because they'd get the skills and then they'd get poached and paid double their fee, their, their wage at another firm. So, you know, we went through that uh, several times, uh, which was a bit frustrating. But the issue with having so much work with one client was, you know, you, you depended on them. Similar to maybe Australia, how we are on China with our exports. Nonetheless, you know, it happened in the mining boom. Then we got into the retail sector and the same thing happened. We we're getting all this work from just one client and I would go and approach others and they go, oh, but you're working with them. We don't want to, you know, you'll steal our IP. And I mean, it's ludicrous. Uh, so I'd find often we'd, we'd build up this portfolio of work in a sector 
with one big client and was look at all this stuff we can do. We're managing these tight timeframes and I have all these people working for me with capacity, but it would be difficult to, to branch out, to mix it up. You could occasionally, but it was quite hard. And then what happened in 2017, we had one client that we were working with for about a year. And this is a, a big job, a big job, big chunk of our revenue. And I'd invested in new equipment. I'd, I'd kept the staff because it was getting quiet. We were, we were quite dependent on this one client. It was already slowing down. We'd noticed that. And um, what had happened is that project fell through. So then all of a sudden I'd hit Christmas period, which is usually a dead period for our industry, for the construction industry, December, Jan, it's always been a loss for us. You know, occasionally you'd make a little bit here and there, but that's when you get the guys to take your holiday. So we, we hit it hard. So I had to, what, cut the staff, you know, cut back, get out of the lease, reduce all our costs as much as we could because we'd lost, what, a year's, two years worth of work <laughs> from that one client was gone and I was heavily dependent on them. So what I had to do, I needed to, to just bring extra cash flow in, extra cash flow uh, just over that period. I did Uber and this is when it was made legal. And uh, I mean, you know, I had a fuel efficient car, a hybrid, and I started doing it. I do it before work, just in an hour, you know, drive around, drop some people to the airport, come back. The idea was if I could start at six, get it finished by nine o'clock, I'd make, you know, couple hundred bucks, hundred dollars there. You can see here, I mean, here's different days, 120 bucks, sometimes $10. It's probably when I got, got the craps with it, 120, 180. You know, most of these were just the mornings before work. Some of them were weekends, uh, you know, around running the business, keeping it going. Even though I'd scale it back, this is enough to just keep the money flowing in, particularly over the Christmas period. And I, I actually found, to be quite honest, Uber was a good source of work too, because I really enjoyed the conversations with people, chatting with people and talking to them. And it led to work, much to my surprise. So I joined all these networking groups. I used to run all these other things where, you know, you'd be going, drinking, joining the Brisbane club, and I'd get more opportunities driving people around in Uber and handing out business cards. It was also really useful because I would, I would um, listen to audiobooks when I was going around, driving around between trips. In the end, I stopped doing it. Well, because work picked up. I didn't need it as much. It was great for, for a time. And when I did the books at the end of the year, I saw it really wasn't that profitable for the amount that I was doing it. I was doing a little bit here and here, you know, when you count petrol and I mean, there you go, $700. That was, that was a, a good week or a good weekend. Um, so I'd do Uber and Uber Eats as well. Now, the thing is, I knew exactly what I was getting into. I had no illusions. Uh, I frankly, I liked it because compared to running a small business, uh, the money would just appear every day. Every day I could press a button and the money would appear. And that was quite novel to me because one of the challenges we would have is, um, I mean, particularly, you know, with that big client, we'd, we'd, I'd kept people on longer than I probably should have. I probably should have cut staff earlier. Um, uh, you know, they'd, they'd like delayed two months of payment and uh, that really makes a problem. And that, that's happened with nearly every client, <laughs> every big one we've had. And some of it's just their terms are just ludicrous, just ludicrous. That's in the construction game. So I just love getting cash in every day. 
So I did it, you know, for a few months over there. I think, when did I finish? When did I finish? April, I did it January. Oh wait, December, I'm going backwards. Oh, anyway, you know, you can see here. So I, it was good bit of extra cash to come in. You know, you worked hard, you know, you did seven days a week, another 700 bucks, another 500 bucks coming in. But then you take fuel off, which wasn't too bad, but then you take your car off. It's pretty much breaking even with what I was doing. It was breaking even, which wasn't too bad because it was cash flow. I wanted cash flow, just money keep coming in while I, you know, got rid of other expenses. I also did, you know, Uber Eats. That was interesting. I did it in conjunction with Uber. So Uber, where because I had a, a decent Camry, I could drive around, pick up people, take them around. Uber Eats, you'd stop to go to a restaurant, grab a bag and drop it off at different locations. I had another friend that did it. Another friend that did it. And he, he was a real estate agent. His car wasn't good enough. You know, it was a Mercedes, it was a nice car, a luxury car, but it was a bit old because they've got all these rules. So he couldn't actually get Uber, but he could do Uber Eats. And he was doing it between, um, you know, meeting with clients, working just to have additional cash flow coming in. Because the real estate game, you know, you get paid in big chunks. And, you know, it was useful for him as well. It was easy. I think his, his, he did it with his girlfriend. She'd run in, grab it, boom, and they'd get a system going. He's pulling in like 500 bucks every now and then, every couple of days, which was handy. Which was handy. It's useful to have. Now, in both those situations, we knew exactly what we ha were doing and we needed the money. It helped out. It helped out. There are other people that do it full time and they go hardcore. Um, there's all these strategies for how you can make money. Uh, I, you know, the thing that's stopping uh, me doing it now on the weekends, because honestly, I, I would still enjoy just doing it. A lot of middle-aged dads go out and do it, you know, for one night a week, you know, a bit of meeting people and getting paid. It's easy, easy money. The one thing that would stop me is the amount of red tape now that the government has put in. I need to pay for this license, I need this type of insurance, all these different bureaucratic things for the government that is not necessary in the slightest. It's just bureaucracy. And it adds like a thousand dollar cost to it. It's a more expensive insurance to it. All these additional, oh, the insurance I can understand, all these additional costs. And then if I would want a camera in the car to record, because you don't know what could happen. What, what really annoyed me was two girls snorting cocaine in the back seat. Uh, down the Gold Coast, which I, I didn't like. I don't want drugs in my car. And, uh, you know, I had no way of recording that situation because I didn't have a special camera in there that you needed. So more government rules restricting, uh, adding cost for me to do it and restricting my ability to protect myself. So let's, ha with that in mind, that, you know, I would say I, I have, you know, a fair bit of experience in Uber and Uber Eats. Uh, I, I think I can make a call on this article and I find the idea that calling modern day slavery probably has something more to do with the incompetence of the driver. Okay, with the incompetence of the driver because another thing, um, another article I will bring up and I'm going to write this time now here. You know, I'm writing this down 1132 because I'll bring it up is there is a gender pay gap in Uber. The men earn more than the women. And the app doesn't know your gender. None of that stuff. All that rubbish that people claim is discriminating against women does not exist on this platform in the slightest. It's all to do with the individual and how hard you work.
And, you know, some people, because here you're not an employee, you're a contractor. It's your own job, it's your own little micro business. They provide the platform for you. It's up to you where you get it, where you drive. You know, are you going to go out and wait at the airport? Are you going to do the suburbs? Are you going to go into the city, try and get the people to do little club runs? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I actually quite enjoyed it at the Gold Coast because it was nice and easy, big straight highway up and down uh, where Brisbane is a bit more annoying. So let's have a look. It's modern slavery. Uber Eats drivers said they were paid equivalent of $5 an hour. Uber Eats driver Amita Gupa was only paid $300 for 96 hours work. And when she was 10 minutes late with a delivery, she was fired. Okay. Okay. A lot of people will turn on the app, leave it on and just sit at home waiting for jobs. So it says that you've worked or you were on for 96 hours, um, which is BS. They're just sitting there. You can do other things. Okay. If she was just sitting there waiting for 96 hours, she was terrible at her job. That's insane. Uh, it's up to her. Um, I mean, the whole point of this system is that it gives you as the, the contractor an opportunity to make extra money using infrastructure that you've already purchased at your choosing, at your choosing when you want to do it. You know, when I was going and driving in the morning, you know, I'd be driving people off to the airport in the morning, you know, 50 bucks, 90 bucks. Okay, boom, go back to the office, done. You know, an hour drive, have a chat, meet some interesting people. I mean, it wasn't a bad way to start the day, guys. I'd even do Uber Eats in the morning. That, that, I mean, the, the sad thing about it, when you do Uber Eats, you see how lazy some of these people are. Oh, it's just nuts. They'd order these breakfasts, like a muffin. They'd get a muffin delivered to their apartment. I'm sure most of them were hangovers. At least I hope it was, then I could justify it. Or the Macca's runs, the morning Macca's runs, I could. So it, it's just, you know what you're getting into. There's no fantasy calling it slavery. You know, you're not forced to do Uber Eats. Not at all. You're not forced. And, you know, just 10 minutes late. That means, you know, you get ratings. You get rating systems. If your rating drops below a certain level, you uh, get banned from the system. And you have to go talk to them and go through a process to have another shot. Okay, that's why your star rating is so important when you're uh, driving or when you're doing Uber Eats as well. So it's not slavery. She wasn't forced to do it. No one held a gun to her hand or to her head. So, and here we go. Here's the biggest thing. Adelaide. Adelaide. I mean, come on. Adelaide driver Amita Gupta logged on to work for Uber Eats for 96 hours in one week, but only earned $300. When she was 10 minutes late for it, with a delivery, she was sacked. Miss Gupta took her case to the Fair Work Commission alleging underpayment and unfair sacking, but in July it rejected her application, finding she was not an employee under Australian law and therefore not a person protected from unfair dismissal. Yes, she wasn't. It's a, it's a open and shut case. She's not an employee. She's obviously, I mean, if she's after this going straight to whinge to the commission, she's obviously not suited to being an entrepreneur or being to an independent contractor. And a lot of people are not suited to that. But the problem is, this is going to take away opportunity from a whole lot of people. From a whole lot of people. So the Transport Workers Union, which last month sued food delivery platform Deliveroo for wage theft on behalf of a Canberra rider, Jeremy Rind, is now taking up Mr. Miss Cooper's case, lodging a notice of appeal with the commission. So there you go. The union is getting involved. 
And you're thinking, oh, that's nice of them. You know, to help this poor lady who couldn't, who only earned three hundred dollars in ninety-six hours. Well, she's shit at her job. She's crap at it. Where was she sitting? Was she at the restaurants? Why was she on for ninety-six hours? Why didn't she just pick the times when the lunch rushes were? You know, go to the restaurants, wait there, find out what's going on, know your city. There's a strategy to this, okay? There's a strategy to this. The unions want more power. They want more power, they want more control. The fact that people have the individual agency and capacity to earn money like this without being a part of the union or under their control or under their agreements, they hate. They hate. So they want to take away, because of this lady whinging, they want to take away an opportunity from everyone else. They want to restrict a sector. They want to remove a potential earning revenue from every person. Because Uber Eats, you don't need the good car. People do it on their bikes. People do it on their bikes. You just need a phone. Everyone has a phone. So, we worked around 2,700 hours and got paid a total of 21,000. Her husband Santosh told a news conference at the TWU headquarters on Monday. It works out to only $7.85 an hour after vehicle, expense, vehicle expenses out to $5 an hour. It's slavery in the modern world in Australia. No, it's not. No, it's not. Okay? It may not be profitable, but if you're 2,700 hours in, you should already realize much earlier what it is. Okay, you should already be much aware. You should be aware if you're burning the loss. You're only making five bucks an hour. If you didn't do the sums after 2,700 hours, it's nuts. And it's probably two of them doing it at the same time. Mr. Cooper said companies like Uber tweak their contracts to make it look like workers are independent contractors so their rights can be exploited. Well, no, you are an independent contractor. You can decide when to do it and when not to do it. That's it. That fundamentally, that's it. You have the complete control. You can pick up your phone. If this gets through and they remove this opportunity, it's going to make it more expensive and it's going to destroy the whole sector again. So we are very fortunate living in Australia where people have good rights and good conditions to live, but people are still treating workers as slaves. He says, what a sense of bloody entitlement. Okay, yes, they are. They are. This couple, this Tongan couple who brought in Fijians because they wanted servants and took their passports off them. Okay? Watch this video. That's slavery. Not, not when you have the choice. The choice as a person to go and work. You know, you can sign up. They had to sign up. No one forced them to sign up. You have to sign up. You have to go into their bloody Uber office, get their stupid bag of rubbish. And then you have to, you have to do it. You have to press the button. It's up to you. That isn't slavery. This guy is a, an idiot. And and the you know the news are jumping on board, and the union is using it as a power grab. And you may think, oh, that's not fair. I wouldn't work for that. You don't have to. It's that simple. These jobs didn't exist. This industry did not exist ten years ago. What was it? You were getting delivery drivers from Domino's or Pizza Hut. That'd probably be it. And how much were they paid? They, they, had, they had to work at particular shifts. They didn't have the freedom to do it. They had, often they had to buy their own bloody uniforms. They had to put stupid crap on their cars. I mean, come on. Mr. Gooper said the pathetic Uber Eats app 
would sometimes direct a rider to take a particular route, which the company would then not pay. They only pay the shortest route, he said. TWU National Secretary Michael Kane said in a statement, the case highlights just how low Uber can go in terms of abusing workers. What? Okay, I mean, come on, mate. It's... Yeah. Sure. They expect workers to be logged on for hours with no work, and if they are a few minutes late, they get sacked with no warning or no right to appeal. Uh, sure. They... I mean... No. They don't expect you to be logged on for hours. There's no requirement to be logged on for hours. You can log on whenever you want. There's no contract you sign with them saying you must be logged on for hours. What, where is this coming from? Okay? Where is this coming from? It sounds like this couple don't know what the hell they're doing. And maybe it's just not that popular in Adelaide. I mean, come on. When do you, want, when do you think Uber Eats is going to do well? You might get some morning breakfast, lunchtime, and maybe night. You know, you focus on Friday, Saturday, Sunday mornings for hangovers. I mean, you don't just sit there forever expecting it constantly to, to stream through. These drivers has cho have chosen to take a stand, demand their rights and take on Uber. We believe the Fair Work Commissioner's decision to refuse their case for unfair sacking was wrong. And we believe they, are st they have strong grounds to appeal it. Or we believe there are strong grounds to appeal it. Well, I hope not. No one is forcing these people to do it. The notice lodged by the TWU last week lays out four grants for appeal, which largely focus on the power imbalance between Ms. Gupa and Uber Eats and the degree of effective control in the relationship. Uber has already batted away a handful of unfair dismissal cases, but the TWU's intervention against the global ride-sharing giant makes a new stage in the legal wrangling over protections for gig economy workers. The union last year won a land, landmark unfair dismissal case against Fooderoo on behalf of a former rider, Josh Kluger. Fooderoo has since exited the Australian market. There you go. There is the issue right there. Okay? That's it there. That's the point. The union's getting involved and they're destroying these opportunities. They're destroying these opportunities. No one is forcing you to do this. No one is forcing you to do a job like this. Being a, a delivery rider. Okay? And you can complain and bitch about the amount of money, but this industry didn't exist. There's a demand for it. People want to do it. Some people make a living on it. Good on them. Some people are much better than others at it. Some people use it to supplement their income. See, this, this is the end game here. They want power and control over the system. So people lose. People lose. Because I think people are a little too proud. A bit of humbling is good for you. So, we again appeal to the federal government to intervene in this case to ensure all workers in Australia have rights. We also appeal to the government to regulate the gig economy. Okay, that's going to destroy it. That's going to destroy it. It's that simple. And it'll take opportunities away from Australia. And with the way the economy is heading, these type of jobs that you can just slide into, do around other commitments, can help people. 
more than you imagine. They can help more than the bloody unions. It can be not left any longer to individuals to take on the cashed-up Silicon Valley behemoths, dragging them through the courts. Mr. Kane said, gig economy workers must be given rights to guarantee minimum rates, sick leave, adequate workers' compensation when they are injured on the job, the right to collective bargaining, and the right to challenge an unfair sacking. So they want to destroy the entire business. They want to destroy the entire business. Okay, it's just duplicating a bit here. California last week stepped up and gave these rights to workers. Why can't the Australian government do the same? Let's watch and see what happens in California. It's going to get more expensive or they'll exit the sector. And how many people who voluntarily entered into these agreements are going to lose opportunities because of this? Because of this. Okay? I mean, sure, guys, no one's forcing people to do this, but this is an opportunity that will be taken away. This is a very low bar to do this as work. Okay, your skill set does not need to be very high. It is not that hard. It is not work. Okay, I've done enough of it. Driving around Uber, carrying a bag in is not stressful. It is not work. It's relaxing compared to real jobs. So, come on. California's state legislator last week passed a bill requiring gig economy companies like Uber and Lyft to classify workers as employees rather than independent contractors. The bill, which awaits signing by Californian Governor Gavin Newsom, has been fiercely opposed by the tech giants and could ultimately force them to cease operating in their home state. Uber has been contacted for comment. So, you can see where I stand on this. This is going to destroy opportunities for Australians. It's that simple. Sure, they're crap opportunities. But it's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. You know, you can work this around your life. You have the freedom to do it. Anyway, guys, let me know what you think. Like, share, and subscribe. And if you've done Uber, Uber Eats, tell me your horror stories. Take care.